when I surveyed the top two answers, now I sound like a family feud. Top two answers <laughs> on the board uh, were like a streamline membership where it's like maybe once a week or maybe once a month, a piece of content or a newsletter. Like those far and away were the most desirable that people wanted. And a traditional membership was so far down the list with all of the content uploads and the community and all the other things. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 1002. Today we're chatting with Ryan Lee. It's good to have you on this show, Ryan. It's been well overdue. Yeah. I mean, I didn't crack the top thousand. So <laughs> I, I think I have to up my game. In fairness, though, I was really just serving my apprenticeship. Like the podcast is really starting now. I'm going pro. Yeah. Right. I'm going to well, do this properly. You got to work up to me, James. I mean, I'm not coming in at number five or even number 800. I mean, if I'm not, he's <laughs> a thousand in. So uh, I am. That's, uh, that's what it said in your rider. Like, let me know when you crack a thousand and you might be ready for me. And I yeah. like purple jelly beans, not yeah. the red ones. Well, exactly. Like I need old- to get one of these proper mic things. That's super oh. pro. Yeah. Oh, I just got it like three weeks ago. My buddy Todd Herman said, Ryan, you got to get like one of these things. Cause I'm always like moving around and stuff. Of course I keep the wire in front of me, but uh, yeah, this is no joke. This thing's like 80 bucks, James. <laughs> if I'm coming on episode thousand, I'm bringing the A game and a Def Leppard <laughs> yeah. shirt. Forget it. You know, game on. Well, of course, you're known for being an 80s aficionado. It's dear to my heart because I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of your marketing resonates with me because you bring back memories. We're in this generation where we got to experience life pre-mobile phone, Mm -hmm. you know, very early stages of computer. In some regards, I think really the interesting discussion for us is some of that journey. You're a veteran in the online space. Just for my start to this story, in 2008, I boarded an airplane. I went across to Yannick Silva's Underground 4 event. That's where I met you. I heard about you at that event. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you were a speaker. If not, you had speaker celebrity status. I know I got your book. Yeah. You were a, a fitness membership expert. It really opened my eyes to the potential of where I could go with that because at that time, Ryan, I had a job. Mm-hmm. I was still a general manager in a Mercedes-Benz dealership. Yeah. Desperately trying to bust out of that with my own online business, but I wasn't quite sure where I could take it. At the time that I went to that event, I was probably making $150,000 a year online and hoping to bust through. I managed to do it a little bit after that event, a whole separate story, but that is when I started the Ryan Lee timeline (laughs) and you had already been deep in memberships. I think you'd partnered with another guy. I'd followed your online content and- now, this is what's really piqued my interest and in a large part is why you're here. You've come back on my radar. It's like you went off into food land for a while. I did. And now you're back in the subscription, membership, uh, really interesting topics to me sort of area. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of tell me what happened? You know, it's from <laughs> pre-2008, clearly you were a fitness pro and pioneered that whole membership stuff. And then yeah. you went on a journey and now you're back in this wheelhouse. I'd love to know what's going on. Yeah. So I started even, so 2008, man, I was already 10 years in. Yeah. That's like, it's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know. So I started my first website in 98 and then I was just creating lots of content and I made it a subscription site, a true membership site in 2001. I'll tell the story. I'll, I'll give the one minute version of it. At that time I was working full time as a gym teacher, a gym and phys ed uh, and a health teacher 
in the Bronx in New York. And I was driving to the school and I, I said, tonight when I get home from school, I am going to make this a paid membership site. I'm going to take all this content. And it was already, I was just going to, I just had to turn it on. I couldn't wait. And it was, it was driving to school and it was a perfect day outside. Sun was shining in September. And I remember I'm listening to sports radio going there and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to get home. And then all of a sudden the radio, we have breaking news. A plane just hit the World Trade Center. So, cause I was, I worked in New York City and we were overlooking the water so we could see the Twin Towers from, and it was like the whole world stopped. Everything was crazy, but it was just so strange that all this was like happening right at that time, just to put into context too, like how long ago this was. Mm. I remember driving to work that morning when I heard the news, like on the radio, I was like driving yeah. up to the dealership in Sydney, like I'm talking suit, tie, company car, like it was a different world for me back then. Different lifetime. Yeah. I mean, mm. I would, and I had to, I like ran down the street to the police station. Like, what do we do with all the students? Do we let them out? Like, it was just crazy. But uh, <laughs> obviously, I couldn't launch that day. At that time, I'd already been for a few years trying to build, you know, revenue. And, and it was with, before subscription. As you know, if you don't have a subscription or some type of, you know, I guess an old school word, and some people still use it as continuity income, mm-hmm. you just kind of go day by day. Right. So I would have a day and I was selling a lot of physical products. I was selling medicine balls, resistance bands, all drop shipping. But I would sell this is going to age us a little bit. I was selling VHS tapes um, <laughs> and I would go to the post office during my breaks. It's like garbage bags filled. But it was, you know, some one day I would do two hundred dollars in sales. The next day I would do five hundred. The next day I would do thousand. The next day I would do nothing. So the minute I turned it on to subscription, everything changed. It's like, huh. Ah. And I don't take credit. I learned it from, there was a guy, he's still around that I've become friendly with him. This guy, Terry Dean. I bought one of his products. It was called like maybe membership site. And he was one of the first, but I was the first to do it for strength and conditioning. Definitely. Because I was the first one. I, they actually created a category in ClickBank for me. I was the first one in, in sports <laughs> training. And that was kind of the beginning of the journey. And I did that for years. And I was just in strength and conditioning and personal training. And that's all I did for years and years and years until I spoke at Yonix event and not that one. I spoke at a second one and taught membership sites. And I was after the talk, people rushed the stage. Like I was, you know, Hey, Def Leppard. Like I was like John Bon Jovi, like, Oh my God, you got to teach us. And that went on my, that took me on this journey of like teaching membership sites. And I became known as like the membership site guy. Yeah. I kind of hit my peak at like with that stuff in like 2010, uh, maybe eight. And then I started, I launched a supplement company, which did really well. And we hit pretty quickly because I had such a, a hold on the fitness industry. I had all of these guys who became well-known health and fitness marketers like Mike Geary and Joel Marion and Vince Delmonte. Like I was the back end for all of them. So we, we got pretty quickly up to like seven figures a month in sales. So that started to take a lot of my focus. And I started doing, I was still playing with membership sites and I'd launch one and I would try different things. And I probably launched a dozen in different health and fitness industries. And then- it's like, God, it's like one of these movies where you kind of hit the peak and then, <laughs> you know, except you. Is it because of competition? Is it because people came into the market or you got bored with it? Like, you know, this is the most interesting thing to me. Yeah. This is why we need to have shows like this, yeah. episodes like this, where we teach the history. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that some of our clients weren't actually born <laughs> in 2000, right? That's pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. And the second part is... There'll be a membership expert, you know, last year or the year before or next year saying this is a brand new thing. Oh. And, and it's like, 
people need to know the history of this, the pedigree, the, the where it all came from. It's, <laughs> if you want to know yeah. the future, it's really important to understand the history. And I'm so glad we're getting to share this. Yeah, no, I, I and if I can give people some learning lessons. So, so yeah. here's what happened. And it was outside factors, but a, a lot of it was self-sabotage. It's the journey a lot of entrepreneurs take. If you're in the game long enough, you go through the ups and downs. The exception are the people who are super, super focused and determined. Like if I look at someone like you, who and we were chatting through email and stuff, you said, hey, I've been doing this like since 2009 and I've watched you since the beginning and you've always been like so focused and determined and steady and like your blinders on and that's why you're successful. My two most successful students, one guy is Jeff Cavalier. We, he has a thing called Athlean X and he has like 13 million followers on YouTube and fitness. He's the number one guy. Wow. And I remember when he, he sat with me for a day, spent $5,000 and we kind of worked through this whole thing. And he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a YouTube video. And I'm just, that's all I'm going to do. And he hasn't stopped doing it for a decade. Another one is Mike Geary, who's like, I'm going to be the email health guy and offers and affiliate offers and pay traffic. And that's all he's done. And he hasn't taught how to make money. Jeff hasn't taught how to make money. They just stayed focused. If I would have probably just stayed focused in strength and conditioning, I wouldn't have veered off. I just would have, I would have kept my head down, my mouth shut, and just kept doing it. But what happens is you start drinking your own Kool-Aid. Hey, you know, enough people start telling you how great you are. Oh my, and I had the success, I had so much success, you know, from my 20s through my 30s. I'm going to the parties. Everyone wants to get drunk with me. Let's go to the clubs. It was just, I became I started to think I could do no wrong and I was doing stupid deals. I was making things way too complex. I was getting away from my core strength. I started a print magazine. I got a big office space. I hired staff. I was doing things that I should have been doing. Like, what the hell do I know about running a magazine? And it was a, it was a monthly subscription, which I'm an idiot because it takes like eight. I didn't realize it takes so long to go to printer. So I'd have people yeah. build the second month and they didn't even get the first issue yet. So after two months, I'm like, and I had a lot of subscribers. I canceled it. I'm like, this is a disaster. You know, again, Kool-Aid. And then the entrepreneurial ADD kicks in and you start, oh, I could just, you know, if I know, if I could do this, then I could launch another company. And at one point, I think I had like 12 different corporations. <laughs> and it was, it was insane. And it caused stress. I started eating poorly. It affected my health. I took my eye off the ball with the supplement company and our, our number two affiliate, we were affiliate-driven business. He started a competing company and kicked our butt, mm. like just, and he ended up selling the company for $100 million. Uh. So that felt good. Um, yeah, yeah. We closed a few years later, he sold for $100 million. So that was, uh, and that was my mentee. <laughs> uh, so that was good. That was a, that was a fun day. Um, Most people say, oh, I love it when my students are more successful than I am. It's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a hat tip saying I'm a great I coach. Do, I do. Absolutely. But like it's still a slap in the face, isn't it? It's a slap in the face when they, I won't get into it, when they screw you, when they yeah. do something and then they say things behind your back to steal business. Like if you're going to play the game, yeah, it's, that's unethical, isn't it? If you want to play it and play it fair, cool. Mm. May the best marketer win. Absolutely. And I'm happy for you. But when I do things for you and you screw me, like that's not cool. But anyway, so between my health and I gained like 40, 50 pounds. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. It was affecting my relationship with my kid, like everything. And I just, like kind of walked away from it. I still had my toe in it. I would do a thing here and there, but I was never as visible. I didn't speak at any events for like seven, eight years. I stopped pitching from the stage. I would do an event and then I wouldn't do it for two, three years. And then I would do another one and just kind of starting, stopping. And then about five years ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start another health company. And I started 
the company called Rewind, which started off as bars, transitioned to greens. I just sold that about two, three months ago. So now for the first time in years, I'm like, I'm free, right? Like I just, maybe it's a midlife crisis. I just turned 50 and I turned 50 like six months ago. My oldest kids in second year in college, my three other kids are all teenagers. Like life is changing. I'm like, I had a nice exit. What am I going to do now? So now I'm kind of going back to like subscriptions, maybe start to teach marketing again. That's why you see me being more visible. Well, that's what I've seen. You. I've seen your fresh website. Your branding is fun. Yeah. Your emails are playful yeah. and insightful, but they also tell the story of a simpler business model. Mm-hmm. You know, do, doing business in a tracksuit pants. Yeah. You shared an email recently with a screenshot of your order from Amazon for your actual tracksuit pants. Yeah. I believe you're a little more casual tonight. Well, it, but I'm wearing. Oh, you can't see. I got the. I'm wearing my sweatpants. There you go. I am wearing them tonight. You know, I'm sitting here in board shorts and bare feet, usual attire. I never, went, I never went for the office. I never did the big office. So I no. actually said to myself, when I left the Mercedes dealership, I don't want staff. I don't want stock. I don't want a physical premises. I, I maintain the no physical premises. I've maintained the no stock. I mean, I have a couple of DVDs. You know, <laughs> I was a little more progressive than you. <laughs> Next generation, you know, DVDs and then MP3 sticks. And I do have a team, which are amazing, and they're an essential part of the leverage that creates the lifestyle that I have. But I think you kind of glossed over the whole like a rewind thing. It sounds like yeah. it looked from an outsider's perspective. I was, I was aware of that. I think I was begging you to send some to Australia. Yeah, it was a fun company. It looked like it went well. It did. No, it did. It went well. But an e-commerce company is a different beast than yeah. digital. And it's a lot of us... And mar- a lot of entrepreneurs, we all do this. We suffer from like the grass is always greener, right? You know, maybe you have a subscription site and you're like, okay, I have a thousand members at $20 a month. That's 20 grand a month for most people like gravy. But then you look at someone else. Hey, I'm a high ticket coach. You know, I just sold one person for 20 grand. Like, oh man, maybe that's an easier business model, right? I could just do that because it's easier because I could run a lot of ads. All I need is one person and I make it back. The one with the coaching is like, oh man, I wish I had a subscription. So it's like, or I do digital products. Oh, I'd love to have an e-commerce company. But then you have the products, you have raw ingredients that keep going up. You got shipping costs. And all of a sudden they're like, all right, it's a 50 cent surcharge for gas. All of these little things eat into your margins. Then you have warehousing and inventory. And oh man, the spirulina, there was a fire at the factory where they make the spirulina. That's going to be delayed two months. So now we can't make any products. Right. So it's like all of these things that are behind the scenes. Makes electrons attractive. It makes, I missed, I start, I mean, it's easier to sell a physical product because you don't need a ton of description, right? Like for me in the nutrition space, here's a bar, here's greens, you add it to water, here's a supplement you take. You don't need a ton of stuff. If you're selling a digital product, a $50 digital course, a $100 course, a $1,000 course subscription, Here's what it is. Here's the benefit. Here's what you're going to get. Here's return. There's like a lot more that goes into it. However, so there's more volume in general with an e-com product, but there's a lot more margin with the digital. And we are so friggin' spoiled mm. with digital. I know a good thing when I'm on it. I was stuck with it. <laughs> like I said to you, I, and I was just sort of replying to your comment, something along, along the lines of you used to do it and then you stopped and now you're going to do it again. And, and I just said, look, you know, I just never stopped. Since 2009, yeah. recurring income every month, like life wouldn't be what it is without that. 
that steady wall of certainty mm-hmm. is makes you sleep better at night. It, it keeps your hormones in balance. It it's um I see the panic, the sheer terror of people when they can't get their offer converting or their one time sale resource runs out. Couldn't imagine. I fix those problems. I even put a whole chapter in my book, you know, helping people around subscriptions. Another chapter about be careful about the launch cycle yeah. style of business. It's wear and tear. And gosh, I've seen some people come and go. But what I'm reading from your latest content is a simpler approach. Yep. And one of the best episodes that I did recently was with Chris Evans. And he was talking about scaling too much, going too big with their company and then pulling back and taking a more simple approach. This is a note that hits with my audience because mm-hmm. I've always been teaching this. You don't need to be a $10 million baller. You can have a great life on a couple of million dollars with a really high profit margin, a small team. Absolutely. Keeping things simple. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to get there. And maybe sometimes it's life lessons, right? And maybe when you're younger, like if you're younger and you're in your 20s and you're like, your whole phone is loaded with Gary V and Grant Cardone and you want to take over the world and scale, scale, scale. Yeah. And you don't have kids and you can, yeah. you can work 20 hours a day. And right, right. You're hungry to prove yourself to the world. Yeah. But now it's like, <laughs> let me settle in. And I've had the business, like the business that was doing you know, a million dollars a month, I make more profit with a company that could do 2 million a year Yeah, because you don't have any bloat and it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And everyone talks about these, the top line and everyone's showing like, you know, their awards and their plaques, you know, 19 comma club, but show me what you took home, you know, give me a business that can gross 500,000 and net 250 versus one that grossed 3 million and netted, you know, hundred. <laughs> I reckon there's another level too. I feel like I'm at this level where I don't even show people my stuff. <laughs> oh, like revenue? Oh, yeah. I never. You won't see house tours from me or, you know, shots of my assets and stuff. I'm not a flashy person. No. I'm, I'm at the point now where I could just turn off the camera and never do any work for the rest of my life. I'm the same age as you, just a little bit older. I don't look as young as you though. <laughs> I'll have to work on that. <laughs> yeah, you do. You look good. I need some rewind bars. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, and it was a profound thing because I came from a image driven industry. Mercedes Benz is arguably uh, a very strong image driven brand. Oh yeah. And people were, it was all about fancy suits and pens and watches and shoes and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. When I got to the point where it didn't matter, that was like, oh, you know, like, and that's, I think that's the generational thing. We're talking about in your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties mm-hmm. in the fifties. I'm now pretty certain about where I'm at in life. I feel like I've had good experience. I'm able to make reasonable decisions and I'm still not that grumpy 60, 70, 80, 90 year old person, you know, intolerable with any type of variance. I'm still capable, but what a, what an interesting ride it's been. And it's just so refreshing to hear this message. It's a healthy message because there's been too much focus on overwork, pushing boundaries, yeah. Even there's sort of side swipes of this whole thing. You know, people say you got to get up at four in the morning and that sort of stuff. I still think that's crazy. Ugh. It just means you go to bed early, right? Right. You know, and they make you feel like, oh man, you're, you're lazy. You're not, you know, while you're watching Netflix, I'm grinding. I'm like, cool, man. Go, you do you. I'm going to watch some Netflix. I'd say it the other way around, man. While you were grinding, I was driving a riverboat with my kid, you know, right. uh, looking at fish in the water. Like Gary says, you know, you do you. Yeah. I think his messages have changed actually. It used to be a lot of hustle and grind and now it's a lot more about care and stuff. 
Yeah. It's funny. I actually went to the, I took my kids to the, um, we're a big baseball fan. I took them to the Mets game and we had like third row when he was front row with his kids, you know, like, you know, he shows, oh, I hustle, hustle, hustle. But at the end of the day, you know, people want to just hopefully be with their families and just kind of chill. <laughs> well, some people do. Depends on yeah, the family, I suppose. Right. I don't judge others. Like, yeah, everyone's got to find their own path. I just, what I'm trying to do is just speak to the people that this message resonates with. Like, hmm. yeah, there are a lot of people talking about the flashy stuff and the cars and look at me in my private jet and scale, scale, scale. And that's cool, but you don't have to, and you shouldn't feel guilty. And if you have a business that's making 300,000 a year and it's paying your bills and you're putting money away and everything's good, great. Like, I'll never forget this, James. I did a call with this woman years ago. She ran fitness boot camps and she had like three locations. And she's like, you know, we're, I'm making, you know, 400,000. I'm netting. I have no kids. It's all money. It's all profit. I said, I'm like, well, how are you like one out of 10? How are you feeling? How's life? She's like, oh my God, it's like a 10 out of 10. I said, great. She's like, but I got to scale. I said, why? She's like, well, I don't know. I heard one person say, if you're not scaling, if you're not growing, you're dying. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I buy that. I'm like, <laughs> enjoy the ride, but why put pressure on yourself to open more locations, do all this stuff when it's just going to be hard? It's, it might not be what you really want. Right, so this is a recurring theme, isn't it? People build complexity until the point where they wish that it was back to That Mexican fisherman story always gets to me. Oh, yeah. It's like, where do you want to be in the scale of things? You know, yeah. you don't want to row the boat. It's good to have an engine, mm -hmm. but I don't want a cannery listed on the stock exchange, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like somewhere there's got to be a nice balance. I feel like I've found that balance. And of course, a, a great part of what I'm doing is helping people know that they have a choice. You don't need to make $10 million to be significant. And it shouldn't really even matter what other people think, as long as you're happy. Yeah. I think the scale of one to 10 was a really nice touch for you because it gets to the root of it. Yeah. I ask that all the time. Most people are living someone else's goal. And so the grass is greener. It's a classic one. I do this interesting thing and I sort of call it benchmarking. But when I do happen to chance upon someone where I find out more about their scenario and it is actually appealing, I start to think about, can I lean more that way or build some of those things into what I'm doing? I'm not going to be them. I wouldn't want to change places with anybody, right? Because yeah. you just never know. They could get flattened by a truck tomorrow. You certainly wouldn't change places with a 90-year-old billionaire because you're running out of runway, right? Right. So the value of life is in immense. And I feel like, you know, potentially we're at the halfway point, would you say, roughly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like to say we're kind of on the, we're on the back nine now. Maybe. You know? I mean, each year we, we'll see a lot of development now, especially with uh, machine learning and improvements in health. But yeah. we still have to be responsible for our human body to make sure we don't place it in harm's way. Yeah. I mean, I'm always taking care of myself. It's, you know, it's an interesting thing. Over the next few years, we might see an extension, providing we still have a planet to survive on, that it could start opening up. Certainly as you've got kids, I've got kids. I think about it for my own kids. You know, what's, and we're seeing the life expectancy Oh, here's something that totally blew me away. I visit the Philippines a lot and I noticed that the life expectancy there is about 12 years less than Australia for a man. Mm. It's just like, it's shocking. Wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's like you think about more than a decade difference in life expectancy just through condition of living and, and how harsh it can be in a developing nation with food and medicine and pollution, etc. So I do think about these things more and more each year. Yeah. Um, health has become a massive priority. Your business model that you're describing that you're helping people with is 
it's healthy on people that recurring income takes pressure off. I think that's the, the best outcome of it. Yeah. Can you talk about what you're doing with your newsletter style stuff? And I'm also particularly interested in the survey you did regarding what kind of business model people are interested in. Yeah. Because that had some astounding uh, sort of feedback. Yeah, it was interesting. So to, just to give a little context, for years, I was the membership guy. And my stuff, my memberships were all about volume and bulk, right? Like you log in, here's your members dashboard, here's the video of the day. And I was the first one to create like the Netflix for, I did the Netflix for entrepreneurs and then Brunson and Dice copy me, but that's a whole nother story. Oh, and, and like 50,000 other people, I eh? like, yeah. I seriously here, I'm doing the Netflix for, it's nice to know where it came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was the first one to do it for, for entrepreneurs because every membership site looked the same. And I'm like, well, I always look at other markets. I'm like, well, what's working other places? Well, Netflix. Okay. Let me model that. But a lot of them have closed down because it's just, it's not sustainable but it's too much. Yeah. Like it's, it's too much. People just can't consume that much. And there's so much good free content. Like you can't, we're at the point now, you can't out content YouTube, right? There's 70,000 or 700,000 hours, I think, hours of videos every single day added to YouTube. There's, and now with AI, forget it. You just can't out content everybody. So now it's becoming a shifting to like more about helping people with the overwhelm, like being really streamlined, really on the nose, really straightforward advice. Um, so when I surveyed my list, I gave them some different choices. Now, there might be some bias because the people on my list might be more influenced by my messaging saying the membership sites, some of them can still work like the big old school bulky ones, but less and less, at least from what I'm hearing from people who run them and are closing them. Because if it's doing well, you're probably not going to close it. Uh, I, I'm going to assume, right? Yeah. But now, so when I surveyed the top two answers, now I sound like a family feud. Top two answers <laughs> on the board uh, were like a streamline membership where it's like maybe once a week or maybe once a month a piece of content or a newsletter. Like those far and away were the most desirable that people wanted. And a traditional membership was so far down the list with all of the content uploads and the community and all the other things. I'm not saying they can't work. I'm not saying they won't work in the future. I think if memberships work, and you might have a, a differing uh, opinion on Well, I've, got, I've definitely got some feedback to share with you on that. Yeah, I mean, but I, I do think if, if they're going to work and you're going to build a community, you're going to have more content, it just has to be super specialized. Like It can't be, hey, here's small business marketing or here's social media marketing. Like It's got to be so, so specific that people want to really dive in deep and there's a strong pain. And then it's really going to be about the community too, because people aren't going to want to leave, right? Because they're so connected to it. But to do that, you have to have James Shramko type focus and you can't take your eye off the ball. Like that has to be your thing, right? Well, the eye off the ball thing, I think that for me, that's, I wouldn't say I'm like a massively driven focused person, but I would say that I have been good at keeping my finger on the pulse. The commitment to innovation is my secret. I'm very good at change. I can read patterns and trends and I can adapt and adjust before it's too late. Mm. I see people leave it too late and then they're, they're sunk. Yeah. So having had a membership since 2009, it's been pretty much continuous. There was a change after the first four years where I dissolved a partnership and changed the brand name. That was when I went from having a standalone membership 
which started with zero content to having tipping my information products in instead of selling them individually. I just put them all in one place. So I guess that was like the 2013 version of a Netflix. Yeah. But then since then, like it was 10 years ago, I've continuously run the same platform up until about uh, the middle of last year when I switched off hundreds of thousands of posts, gigabytes, terabytes worth of trainings. I did like 91 hour trainings in a row every month, wow. right? Just 90. <laughs> I just like, I, I can stick it out. I'm definitely have stick to itiveness. Yeah. And I started a brand new platform and I started with the minimum possible navigation, the minimum possible features, mm-hmm. and I'm pruning it to this day. But really, I just wanted two things. Um, well, there's three things really. Where I've found the, the maximum value for members now is having the least amount of things that people could consume to get the, the best possible result. There's even a name for this, right? It's called zone of proximal development. But if you look up the definition of that, it's the zone of proximal development. It's the space between what a learner can do without someone and what a learner can do with adult guidance and collaboration with more capable peers. So what I wanted is I wanted a playbook. I want to add playbooks. So my content that I had now, instead of an hour-long webinar on a specific topic, I'm like, that might be the, the coal mine, but what's the diamond here? The diamond is one page of the outline of what it is, how it works or why it works, like why, right. and then the steps, do this. Yeah, how to do it. And it's one page. And I, I publish, at the moment, I'm publishing about one a week. And they're coming from various places. They're coming from my old trainings. They're coming from what's working in my business last week. They're coming from what I've seen a client do particularly well. They're coming from my life sheet, which is pretty much my second brain, my catch of every, everything important. And interestingly, your survey results are something that circulated into my own sort of conversation for that week, mm. just confirming what I already know. People don't want stuff. No. They want an outcome. Yeah. And they might come for the outcome and still build that community. So there's always the three C's, right? You have some content, but that's really the very small part. You have some coaching, a very big part for me. And if you say community, yep. I'm going to crush you because I came up with the three C's and everyone uses it. No one gives me credit for that anymore, but yes. <laughs> well, I didn't know it came from you. Simple as that. It did. And everyone keeps still, and no one ever gave me credit, but that's okay. Well, let's say today, I will credit Ryan Lee with the three C's. Yes, please. I remember doing that. Today, like literally the first time I've found out where that came from, I don't know who to credit. That was me. Thanks. And I'm big on credit. You know, anyone who listens to this knows I always credit the source if I know it. Yeah. I think retention, did you invent this one, the, the combination of relationship and results? I did not come up with that. I mean- <laughs> It's not a bad one. <laughs> I have not used that phraseology. Some of the lessons I've learned have taken me decades to come up with, or at least a decade, like where I had too many people locking me in on too low a rate for too long. Like when I had seven or eight year long clients, you know, this three month retention number that gets touted is ridiculous. For me, it's about five years. And uh, so I've had to reset my rates. I reset my brand. I reset my membership. So I went from company to personal. I remember that. I went from complex to simple. Mm -hmm. And I've reset my rates to narrow in on the package. The main thing I want is that mid-tier. I'm not so interested in the low tier. Mm -hmm. Low tier is the volume game. It might work in a sports market or fitness market or a crafty market or a music market. But I found in the business market... Better off to go on the mid to high tier because yeah. you get so much better result for so less people. And you can also, of course, 
you can afford to create a book or give it away or whatever. You can use some budget to find a client if you need to do some acceleration of that marketing. Yeah. You need a benchmark traffic source. I think YouTube is still like, that's a winner. Yeah. I noticed today YouTube have a podcast channel. Podcast. Like yep. that's brand new. Yeah, that just came out. Lucky for me because I can now create a back playlist of my podcast episodes. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm very, very bullish on YouTube. In fact, going forward, that is going to be like my number one focus by far. Like front end YouTube, email as your sales engine. Everything is going to go on YouTube. And email, right? You're very interested in email. Yeah, email's always been my thing. It's still a killer, right? It's, it's yeah, the way to go. I mean, it's still where you sell. It's still where you convert people into your membership site. But I'm with you on everything you said in terms of simplicity. I mean, my membership right now, quote unquote membership, it's an email. I don't have logins or passwords or dashboards. Like you're on my active campaign list if you're a paid member. I, I use Samcart. And if you cancel, you're off the list. And if you're on the list, I'm going to send you, here's a Zoom link or here's a recording. I uploaded it on, here's the Vimeo link to download, or here's the Google Doc. That's it. It's about as simple as you can go, James, zero complaints about, oh, there's no you, you know, logins, no issues with back. Like, it is the most simple business imaginable. And people like it because just like you, it's like they get their thing. It's low friction. No, and it's- You got to make it easy to use and more useful. I, I like that. And Yeah. Same, even though I use a platform, like it does the functions of what you're probably getting from Samcart. I use Click and it does have an app, which is really good for my members because yeah. some of the things I guess it, with the private coaching, mm-hmm. I'm not going to private coach back and forth with email. So they can do it in the app, in the chat. What is it called? Click? Yeah. K-L-A-Q. What? K-L-A-Q? KLEQ.com. If you took click funnels for campaigns, like you just click a button for a book campaign, for example, you take Sam Card or Thrive Card as the cart, put it together in a love child or and schools, forum chat things, yeah. you've got click. Right. And it's been around for like 10 years. It's solid. Okay. And so it's really, really easy to have someone join. But I actually put a lot of my campaigns on the public side with no login, no friction, and then mm. When they join, then they can get into the the app. Yeah. And that's how I do yeah. the private coaching. And I put a link for the weekly group calls and stuff. But I agree. Keep it down. If you're doing a Frankenstein with 16 different glued together bits and pieces, forget it. You're done. You're yeah. cooked. Yeah. And it, it drives me crazy when I get so frustrated because I want people to succeed just like you. It's yes, we want to make money, but you want to help people and you want to see people win. And I'm in one group. And it's for membership site or people want to start membership sites. And all they do is fixate on platforms. Tech, 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 tech. Crazy. And they don't have a list. They don't know what the heck they're going to market to or anything. They're like, well, I want one that can give people points and it makes them an automatic affiliate. Blah, blah. I'm like, no one is going to be your affiliate. Yeah. Okay. Like they're not <laughs> going to be an affiliate for $9.95 a month crafting like they're not like that's not your marketing show and it's yeah and people are like yeah go for it and it's just you see people spend that's oh, crazy months or years and it's so it's like heartbreaking and you don't want to sound like mr negative and you know and i try to help people but man it's tough to see especially when people do want recurring revenue because it's who doesn't but they're so misled and they're so distracted by the tech stuff and that's why i'm like just start with an email like just start there Start an email and PayPal, right? Or even something like Gumroad, like just something really, really simple, just proof of concept. And you can get your 10 members and you could 
flip them onto another platform if you had to. Like it's not that big of a deal. You're not locked into one thing forever. I mean, look at you. You had terabytes of information, you know, all of that Just stuff. parked it. Nobody's complained. Where's all my stuff, right? And I said, if you want something, yeah. if there's something you really want, you let me know. But my goal is, and I told them, I'm going into my old membership. Like It's like an abandoned supermarket. I'm going to find the things that are really useful and I'm just bringing them back as a one-page playbook. Right. No one's complaining about that. They love the playbooks. Right. They're saying, hey, where's my Excite bot you know, <laughs> training or how to make money on Craigslist? It's all crap. Isn't it? So much crap. Yeah, and know. I have the same issue with um, like commoditized Facebook groups and stuff. It's just all noise and, and, <laughs> and difficult. And so- I like what you're doing. You've created your own email. It's like I've created my own place where I can have that communication without the blind leading the blind effect that I call it, where a lot of the, the big experts, they sell a high ticket thing, they create a group around it, they never show up and then they let people just give each other crap answers and then they repeat the whole cycle in the next six months or a year later. And it's like, yeah. please stop doing that. I know. <laughs> With the, the masterminds and you oh, it's 25 grand. Oh, so I've done a couple of things. These are some major innovations for me that I think would be useful. One is I only sell monthly subscriptions. I don't do annual anymore. Mm, that's interesting. Because I'm performance-based. I want to get a result for people and they shouldn't stick around if they can't get a result. And I have no service debt beyond a month. I could uh, turn off my membership in a month from now and there's no issue. That's nice. People do stay, which is great. The second thing is there's a couple of people who I'm such a good fit for that I should partner with and I do performance-based deals with them where I get paid on performance only. There's no retainer, no downside really. It's like I get a quasi-ownership of their business in terms of a percentage of revenue as my fee mm -hmm. above where they could get to by themselves. Yeah, And that's been very interesting from a Pareto principle. You know, like eight of them make more than all my other members in all my other platforms. Yeah, you get a couple of those. And the top one or two make the most, which is phenomenal. Yeah, you get a lot of upside. I've had the opportunity. I actually did that once or twice. You'd be in a great position to do it because you're so skilled. Oh my God. If I, and if I would have done it with some of my clients now who have businesses doing you know, 20, 30 million a year, forget. But well, that's why I do it. Yeah. Because I said to, to Jay Abraham, if you could go back in time, what would you do different? He said, well, instead of selling 20 or $30,000 workshops... I should have done more rev share deals. And that was about six and a half years ago. So I started then. Yeah. That's why I was able to turn off one-to-one. -one. I've retired my one-to-one -one training. Uh, it's why I only need two products. Yeah, but do you still feel like, I guess for me, it's money's never been the number one thing. I'm a freedom first guy and I cannot work for anyone. I can't. I'm unhirable. And the minute I have that relationship, the second I feel like, I have to answer to someone where they're like texting me and like, hey, circling back, what do you think? <laughs> and I feel like I'm out. I don't have any of that. It's not how our partnerships work. You could say like, I'll pay a million bucks a year. I will not do it. Any amount, hundred million, I wouldn't do it. I just won't. I don't need the money. And I, I just- Well, I'm like, I'm like you, I like freedom, but the way that our partnerships work, it's basically like we share the business together, but without all the downsides of a 50-50 thing. It's their business, no doubt about it. It's their major upside. I just take a small percentage for my contribution, but we make, um, you know, we just collaborate. I like the collaboration. Back to Def Leppard. It's like if you're a really good guitarist or bass player and you could find an amazing drummer and you want to make a song together, that's what it's like for me. Yeah. You're just filling in those drum beats, baby.
That's it. It's like, you know, find someone you want to collaborate with. I've got some people who I can collaborate with. We can create content together. We can talk about ways that we can make the product great. I am really interested in making good product. I'd say the creative side has come out more as I've had more freedom where I'm getting more interested in making good stuff, you know, like back to old sort of, you know, building things with Lego or whatever, just art. Having good art is, is important to me and learning about design and making things that people get great results from is exciting. If you were taking on new people right now, I, I, I like the way this is kind of turned. Now I'm interviewing you for the James Schramko <laughs> podcast. If you were taking on people right now, do they have to already have a baseline? Because that would be, if I would do this, I need to have someone already up and running, like already generating revenue. I can't get you from, because you don't know if they're actually ever going to do anything, right? Yeah, well, that's, I'd say that's like, uh, you can't steer a parked car, right? A parked car is risky because you don't even know if it has an engine. Yeah. But a car doing 60 miles an hour on the freeway, you know a lot about it already. It definitely has an engine and it can drive. Now it's easy to change gears and hit the gas. So now there's less risk. Does it have gas in the tank? You know, will the wheels fall off at at 100 miles an hour? I guess we don't know that, but we could have a look at the car and make an assessment. You can't get away from the car analogies, can you? The car industries always bring you back, James. There are some filters that I would look for. What I would like to see is they're self-motivated. There's already a fire. I'd rather control a fire than start a fire. I also want to promote their product or service to my audience and for sales to be made. I want to know that my audience are interested in their thing because that makes it very easy for me. Because my main job then is to build an audience Mm -hmm. and to build trust with my audience and to make solid recommendations. I need to trust them. Like they have to be someone I could know that they're going to pay me and that that, uh, we have a great relationship that we get on well with. And you know, they have to have a good for humans type product or service, which of course I would never promote if they didn't. And ideally, they're going to have a team. This is the one thing that's been the Achilles heel. They have to have a team. Like someone's doing quite well, but they're too small and I give them great ideas or whatever, and then they can't implement it or scale it. Yeah. Because I'm going to blow them up. Basically, I'm going to double them or triple them or quadruple them. And I don't, I don't want them to lose that uh, momentum. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Which is luckily, like I'm really good at helping to build a team, but it's so much better if they've got one or two. I think there's two partners that I would have had if they'd had a team, but they're solo operators and they'll basically run out of capacity in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you get some of the big things. All right. Now I'm interviewing you again. All right, James, <laughs> screw it. I, I, who cares what I think about, who cares what I've done? I'm curious. You mentioned earlier, I forget what you called it. I call it mid-premium. You had a different name for the pricing. Well, say, say, yeah, mid-ticket. Mid, yeah. What do you consider, like, what's your definition of low versus mid? So I would say low is like, well, obviously there's the high volume, really low, low ticket, sub $100. I think the mid ticket is sort of more the one to 3000 and high tickets probably in the five, 10 up per month. Yeah. What about you? I have such a different definition. Yeah. Tell me. I, because you come from a fitness market, I imagine there's very different numbers. When I hear low, I'm like. 10 bucks a month. Yeah. 20, even 30. I look at mid between like 30 bucks to like a hundred, a hundred, yeah. you know, the kind where you would join it. You wouldn't really think too much about it. Like you don't necessarily have to ask permission from your spouse or business partner, <laughs> yeah. you know, a $30 a month. You probably, most people, I'm not judge. you know, again, some $30 a month, they feel a lot. Well, it's all and context is, is critical. Yeah. Like I even have to translate. If you're talking to someone from middle America, then you know they can actually exist on 
$150,000 a year. Yeah. If you're talking to someone in Sydney, London, or Paris, that's not a possibility. Yeah. Or I live in New Canaan, Connecticut. Forget it. Yeah. Right. It's insane. So yeah, it's, well, that's interesting. And I mean, most of the stuff that I'm dealing with is, is more of a business market, you know, and, and a return on investment type mm-hmm. discussion rather than hobby or passion. Yeah. So we were saying before about uh, like marketing and channels and I was saying, you know, YouTube. So here's what's interesting. I'm really, the past, I'd say month, behind the scenes, I've been studying it like crazy. I've been watching everyone, taking notes, asking my friends who are doing well. Because I have one buddy, I can't say his name. Years ago, he said, you know, Ryan, I turned on YouTube ads because he has a popular YouTube channel in like personal development. He said, I turned on ads and I was making 30 grand a month. And just in addition to all like the clients he gets and stuff, I said, wow. And I texted him about two weeks ago. I said, you know, I'm really studying YouTube and it's fascinating because my, my son was homesick from school. I said, you know what, Jake? Just watch TV. I don't just lay down. You don't feel well. All day, James, he watched YouTube mm-hmm. on TV. Yep. All day. And if he was much younger, he'd be on TikTok all day, just scrolling yeah. endlessly like this. And he does some TikTok stuff, but it was like he watches these guys like doing like stupid basketball shots and I'm gonna shave uh, my butt backwards like idiots. <laughs> but they're like, Hey, I'm 20, here's my mansion. And I'm like, what is going on? So my I, I text my buddy, I said, Man, when you told me about the 30 grand a month just turning on the ads, said, that was that really made me think this was like three years ago. He said, Ryan, it's two fifty a month now. What $250,000 a month just mm-hmm. in AdSense revenue from YouTube ads? Like, yep. and this is just growing. Like, if you're looking at all the habits of everyone, I coach plenty of people to make 30, 40, 50 grand a month from YouTube as just their income source. And depending on the space you're in, like, if you're in the business and marketing space, you're talking like $20, sometimes even $30 RPMs, you know, revenue per thousand. So you put a video out there that gets 100,000 views, you know, 100 times 30. It's like, Three grand for one video. Well, if you ask your kid what they want to be when they grow up now, they'll say a YouTuber. And I've definitely watched it. I've, I have um, plenty of people in the YouTube, either content creator space or the advertising space. It's just all roads lead to YouTubers being a, a King Kong and partly because the content stays up and it keeps performing for a long time, which is something you and I both look for. It's not that catalog. one shot. Exactly. It's not a newsfeed platform like Twitter mm-hmm. or um, Instagram or um, LinkedIn, et cetera. Yeah. So I, I feel like YouTube, definitely, I've been waiting to put my, I've got my podcast, which is convenient now that they're going to have podcasts. I feel like that's an automatic win. Yeah. But the ad revenue can definitely, I've seen people with 300,000 or 500,000 subscribers are making tens of thousands a month as chump change to the side of whatever they're doing yeah. for the actual reason they got onto the thing in the first place. Yeah. And it, those numbers are just going to keep growing, yeah. you know, as more advertisers get on and more, as more eyeballs on it. And you just have to put out good stuff. Yeah. Like you, you really have to. And that's it. The quality of production is going to be critical. Right. And thumbnails. Well, that's why like Mr. Beast, he'll, he won't even publish a video unless they get the thumbnail. They spend days and thousands making the thumbnail and then they create the video after that. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm learning as I'm really digging in and seeing and reverse engineering it's like coming up with the thumbnail and the headline. It's the idea, first. the thumbnail, and then the edit. Yeah. They actually just go through the dictionary looking for random things to make, I know. to get ideas for stuff, right? But what you're going to see, but what's crazy, James, is we could tell people this. And that's what I'm going to be doing over the next year. Like I'm going to, my goal is to like just really 
put myself back. I, have, I got nothing to lose. I'm just going to have someone. And where do we do this? We're at ryanlee.com? Yeah, ryanlee.com. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Sign up for my newsletter, but I'm going to post the videos on there too. And I'm just going to start playing, but I'll do it. I'm going to challenge you to do this more, James, too. And then, but we can give people advice. And what's crazy is they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they'll still like take the lazy way out or do like, they'll shortcut it. And you'll say you have to do a good thumbnail. Well, they'll complicate it. I actually yeah. give I actually give people a shortcut. I had a guy join my membership last month. Last week I told him what to do. This week he's already got results and he's clarifying the next step. And it just to the other people around it just sound, sounds too simple and too easy. But it actually is in anything all it took me was a, a decade or so and seeing thousands of people try stuff to know exactly what to do. Yeah. And he's just doing it. He's just straight out of the gate. Like people want to make it harder sometimes because they're used to this whole thing about hard work mm-hmm. and difficulties and they're expecting things to go wrong. Like imagine if there were some legitimate, simple ways to go. And I'm saying that the big snapshot from this episode would be find a way to get recurring income. It's worthwhile. Yep. Keep it as simple as absolutely possible. YouTube is a strong front-end driver and potentially a good income earner. And email is still solid as a rock. Oh, my God. Is that all fair? Yeah, yeah. Email, no matter what you do, whatever social platform you pick, TikTok, Instagram. Build an email list. Get them on your list. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what you control. That's the simple advice. That's, that's the one people ignore. <laughs> or or they get some people on their list. Right? Or they just they focus on the amount of followers they have, like on Instagram. Yeah, vanity metrics. Right. And you could post a, uh, something on Instagram and get seven likes. So who cares? What does that do? You get them on your list. But here's a crazy thing, James. Email your list, guys. But email them good stuff, right? Like, mm. I mean- when you say, I'll say, oh, tell me about your list. Well, I have 2,000 people. When was the last time you mailed them? Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> I, why? I've been busy. What's more important? That is, I said, that is the very first thing you should do. And you, you're doing daily? I haven't checked. I call it daily-ish. Yeah. But you've got to be emailing once a week, right? Absolutely. If you want to oh. keep getting delivered, it has to be at least once a week. I always say minimum once a week, minimum once a week. But I usually do... I'll do like two, three days in a row. Then I'll take a day. I used to do it every day, seven days a week, yeah. but I don't always feel like you it. You don't need to. The same, same me. Like That's like I, I put a playbook most weeks. Yeah. We usually publish two podcasts a week, sometimes one, but mostly two. And the best thing about my community, this is really the, the important thing. The thing I like about my community is I can go into it when I want. Like I don't, I don't take any scheduled calls four days a week. Like I've been doing that for seven or eight years. Yeah. But I can still log on to my community via my app and answer a post at 8.30 at night or 9 in the morning or whenever I feel like it. Go and swim with my daughter, have some lunch, check in on my community. It's not a set in the schedule thing that forces me to be in a job-like scenario. And that's why I've been able to do it for so long because it's not too wear and tear. Yeah. And you know what? It's your business and you set the rules, right? Yeah. And, and that's it. And if you want to have a community and you want to answer them at noon, do it. And if you don't have a community and you don't want to have one, don't have one, right? <laughs> if you want to answer it at one in the morning or th- it's your business, but you've got to set expectations from the beginning. Don't say I'm exactly. going to answer it every hour and then not. <laughs> like, so a lot of this is just common sense stuff. And I've always had the filter of just treat people how you want to be treated. That's it. That's the rule. Like, what would you want to have happen? Like, just treat them really well and respect them. Yeah, simplicity, getting them on the email list and just serving them with 
really consistent awesomeness. And are you enjoying your business more now than you have for a while? Oh my God. I finally have like joy in my, it's man, it's been so many, like I had really high peaks at the very beginning and really, really big lows. Now I know who I am. I know where I want to show up in the world. I know how I want to show up. I'm securing myself. But the most important thing, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is that like my family's good, you know, my wife, my four kids, they're happy, they're healthy, they're well adjusted. My kids are doing well in school, they're doing well in sports, they have friends. Like that is doing well. Everything else is gravy, you know? Like, all right, so I did a product that didn't do as well. Okay. You brush yourself back off because that's the other thing. You got to have resilience, right? You're going to have ups and downs. You'll get punched in the face occasionally. Like last week was fun for me. I'd, I snapped a brand new surfboard and then the bank that I have in America got shut down. Like just oh. things are going to happen. No matter how hard you work to have things set up well, there will be little setbacks. And Always. a brand new car that I bought had a, had a vibration at 100 kilometers an hour. I just put the car thing back in there. I thought you might want to hear about cars again. I did. And, and I, I need you to convert kilometers to miles per hour because we don't know what the hell that means. Well, 100 kilometers an hour is about 60 miles an hour. Yeah. And 50, 80, that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, you're going to get setbacks. Things are going to happen. And that's why yeah. it's important to be able to adapt to change. Yep. And- Seems like you found your true north. I'm loving your emails. I love your website. I love all the social posts about the 80s. It's been fun <laughs> watching your journey from the first time I met you in 2008 to now. And I'm so excited that you've uh, accepted the offer to come and have a chat on this podcast. And also to give us the source of the three C's. I, I've learned something uh, particularly useful yes. that I can incorporate into my membership book that's coming out at some point. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, so much. Well, I appreciate it. And just say, like, if you call the book The Three C's, according to Ryan Lee, <laughs> featuring James Schramko, then then I'm good. Ryan Lee's secret 3C formula revealed. Yes. I, no, but I really uh, appreciate you having me on, even though it is episode number 7,829. Um, and I know I'm going to be launching on YouTube. I'm going to be launching my new show. Right now, it's tentatively titled Ryan Lee TV. Cause I got to kind of make it a little bit fun and different play off the MTV thing. And, but, uh, I'm going to have you on as one of my, you're going to make it one of my top thousand guests. Awesome. I don't know where you're going to fall. That's it. I'm winning life. You'll be top thousand along with our mutual friend, Kevin Rogers. Uh, he'll make top thousand as well. Well, I mean, that, that's a story in itself. I actually helped him create Copy Chief. I know. That's one of the best membership case studies that I can cite. And it's so good to see them prosper and succeed for such a long time. God, that guy's funny though. He is. He's a lot funnier than me. You should definitely have him first. Don't put me straight after him. I'm going to be such a flatliner after him. Yeah, he, he's one of my close friends. and We've known him for, I actually, the first time he spoke at a marketing event was at one, at one of my stages. Oh, He's such a good guy. And uh, that's why there's, I know a lot of marketers, you know, kind of get a bad name, you know, oh, gurus and a hole. But there were some really good men and women in the. Ah, some incredible ones, like our mutual friend, Carrie Wilkinson. Carrie's great. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some really great people who care, who want to do good things. Unfortunately, some of the bad ones are very vocal and make everyone else look bad. <laughs> but I know you're one of the good guys. I, I wouldn't have come on if I didn't think you were. Like, I know you are. And we've known each other for a long time. And I really. I know I was teasing you with the thousand people, but I do know you are very protective of 
who you bring into your world. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you have to trust them. So I really am honored that I was on here. And hopefully people got at least one or two big ahas. So I know I did. I, Massive. You know. And it'd be fair to say this is, it's unlikely I would have been pursuing the membership model so much unless I'd seen examples of it working before, which you were responsible for in the industry. So yeah. for your foundational work, I'm really appreciative. And to be able to bring some history back into the new generation, is, it's really exciting. I th- I'm pretty sure we'll get some great comments about this. If you listen to this episode, 1002, if you uh, join <laughs> Ryan's list or email, just reply back to him when he, when he asks you to tell you about yourself. Tell him you heard about him on Shramko's podcast. I'm sure you'll get a big smile from that. Thanks, Ryan. Yes, and then I will delete you and block you. But no, I thank you, James, and thank you all for listening and watching. And uh, I look forward to seeing you continue this journey and innovating as always. So let's see where it goes. Thank you, my man. Thank you. This is James Schramko. 